Hi, welcome to Bookie, which unlock big ideas from world bestsellers in audio, text, and mind map. Please download Bookie at Apple Store or Google Play with more features, get your free mind snack now. Today we will unlock the book, Team of Teams, New Rules of Engagement for a Complex World. With the rapidly changing developments in today's world, more and more factors influence how we live, interact, and respond to certain situations. These factors cause uncertain, unpredictable, and unplanned changes. They make ineffective the top-down organizational structures that worked well for us in the 20th century. Nowhere is organization more important than in warfare. However, the ever-changing nature of a modern battlefield was causing major problems for today's soldiers. This was the situation faced by the American troops in Iraq during the Gulf War. Al-Qaeda's operations against American forces were unpredictable, haphazard, and lethal. Moreover, Al-Qaeda's extraordinarily flexible and resilient nature had allowed them to render useless the conventional strikes of the U.S. military. Facing this type of enemy can be frustrating, demoralizing, and deadly. So what did the U.S. military do? They swallowed their pride and began to learn from Al-Qaeda. While at a glance Al-Qaeda may seem to be stuck in the last century, its organizational model is quite advanced and well adapted to the uncertain environment of the 21st century. Observing how more effective the organizational model of Al-Qaeda was, the U.S. troops began to change the way they organized their military. By building a large networked structure of small teams, they allowed individual parts of their military to be able to react in real time, without waiting to coordinate with every other soldier in the field. In this way, only the exact number of soldiers needed would respond to threats, and if the situation changed, they could call in reinforcements or back off quickly. The flexibility and nimbleness of these small teams transferred to the entirety of the American military force. This adaptability allowed the USA to overcome the instability inherent to the uncertainties in the Iraq theater of war, contributing to the ultimate result of defeating al-Qaeda. Based on the experiences of American soldiers in Iraq, this book showcases new organizational theories. The authors show how building more agile teams and using networked structures effectively deals with complexity. This book is authored by four individuals. The lead author is Stanley McChrystal, a four-star general of U.S. Army, commander of the U.S. forces in Afghanistan, the International Security Assistance Force, the former director of the Joint Staff, and commander of the Joint Special Operations Command. Two other authors are David Silverman and Chris Fussell, both of whom are former Navy SEAL officers. Both they and McChrystal are veterans of combat who have valuable first-hand experience. The fourth author, Tantum Collins, a Marshall Scholar who teaches at the University of Cambridge, hasn't been on the front line. However, he, like the other three, is passionate about the functionality of agile teams in uncertain environments. The diversity of expertise and experience between the authors allows them to speak with an incredible depth and scope of knowledge. This book brings theories and practices together via this unique perspective, giving us a deeply insightful guide on how to build agile teams. To better organize the content of this bookie, we have divided it into two parts. Part 1 – The Challenges of a Top-Down Managerial Approach in the 21st Century Part 2 – How did the Americans defeat Al-Qaeda during the Gulf War? Part 1 – The Challenges of a Top-Down Managerial Approach in the 21st Century As we progress ever further into the information age, the rate at which our lives pace has increased exponentially and thus the problems associated with them change. We are more connected to the world around us than ever and it brings many benefits. But the cost of this connection is complexity.
The ever-quickening rate of information flow causes us to see the vast array of options available to us. This, in turn, causes uncertainty as we begin to understand just how unpredictable modern life is. No longer can we rely on the wisdom of our grandparents or even our parents. The rapid pace of life has thrust us into a new world with new problems. But we are not lost. By understanding the nature of complication and complexity we can begin to come to grips with the challenges of modernity. First, we must define complication. Simply put, it is situations where problems are not easily solved by one person or perhaps a small group of people. For example, during the Industrial Revolution, Frederick Winslow Taylor, the father of scientific management, found that individual architects, engineers and designers were struggling to cope with the massive scale of large industrial projects. Taylor realized that he could break larger and more complicated problems up, via a process we will dub sophisticated disassembly. These smaller pieces of the overall puzzle could then be worked on by individuals. Taylor formalized this idea into a set of scientific management methods that were rigid, highly efficient, and hierarchical. Thus began the age of the industrialized top-down approach. In Taylor's era information and communication were limited. Transport of materials and products was slow. No matter how complicated a system got, it was limited by these constraints, and there was relatively little uncertainty. These systems were largely static and predictable. Therefore, they could be taken apart into smaller blocks by a sophisticated disassembly. But in the 21st century information, products, ideas, materials and labor flow freely and change quickly. Where the Industrial Revolution had to cope with a massive increase in scale the modern world has to deal with an increase in almost every area of business and life. Thus, the complications of this new system are not reflected in its size, but in its uncertainty and unpredictability. This is why General McChrystal called today's systems complex. This may sound strange since you've grown up and adapted to the modern world as it is. It's almost impossible to imagine a time when all the knowledge of the world wasn't available at the push of a button or tap of a screen. Let's take a familiar example, the butterfly effect. The premise of this idea is that the wind current of a butterfly flapping its wings in the Amazon could eventually cause a tornado in Texas. This idea was first analyzed by Edward Lorenz, a mathematician and meteorologist. In one of his meteorological models, he found that a small change in the initial input would result in a radically different result. This would be as if the butterfly flaps twice and a tornado hits Texas, whereas if it flaps three times a typhoon hits Japan, and perhaps if it flaps once then you win your local lottery. If the butterfly is too ridiculous, then think about what Lorenz was actually trying to do, model the weather. Weather is exceedingly complex, since it has many inputs such as temperature, humidity, geography, etc. and it is constantly evolving. Each individual factor can change over time and influence the others. These interactions are so complex that the effects accumulate and amplify, leading to completely different results. As you can see the butterfly effect is incredibly different to the model that Taylor created. McChrystal said, during Taylor's era, there was a sequential relationship between input and output. No matter how complicated the calculation, the relationship was always deterministic. However, a complex system such as weather forecasting is a different matter. It is not sequential or straightforward and therefore the results are extremely difficult to predict. A good example is the Arab Spring. A Tunisian fruit vendor protested the harsh government he was living under by making the ultimate sacrifice. 
he set himself on fire in the street. His brave action sparked mass protests that spread around the world. Three months later, these protests led to the end of the regime of Egyptian President Hosni Mubarak. When faced with such a complex system, how should we attempt to model it? The fact of the matter is that the system is too complex. There are simply too many variables to accurately model the world, as we know it with our current technology. However, we can make our best attempt. One key idea is to speed up reactions. In the past, when we faced complicated problems, our focus was often placed on efficiency, how fast we could completely solve the problem. But now, our focus should be placed on agility, on the ability to adapt to changing circumstances. In other words, we have to take the uncertainty inherent to modern life as a certainty. This means that we no longer rely on foresight, planning, breaking problems down into their constituent details and assigning tasks in advance. Instead, we focus on the responsiveness of the team. Agility has to do with how to find the most reasonable response in the shortest time possible after an event has occurred or a sequence has been initiated. In the second part of this bookie, we will look at how General McChrystal's team has implemented this approach in Iraq. For now, to help you understand why this is necessary, let's take a closer look at the 20th century approach to complicated problems, Taylor's top-down approach to scientific management, and discuss the three main problems with it. The first problem is that the traditional top-down approach to management is unable to cope with rapid change. This is the natural flaw of a hierarchical structure. A hierarchical structure is the inevitable product of Taylor's management strategy. In the early 1900s, Taylor realized that, while the machines and production lines in the workshop were precise and entirely scientific, his employees' work ethic was often individualistic and unscientific. Every person had different methodology and habits, so Taylor decided to reinvent the process with the idea of scientific management. He believed that people, like machines, were just a part of the production process and should be precise, efficient, predictable and reliable. Taylor saw the opportunity to put his idea to practice after taking charge of a factory floor. He decided to redesign the instruction cards that would be handed out to workers. Instead of a general instruction like machining a tire, the cards contained a collection of measurable, verifiable subsections, such as the following. Set tire on the machine, ready to turn. Rough face front edge. Finish face front edge. Rough bore front. Finish bore front. Each of these tasks was accompanied with an estimated time of completion. This approach is specific, measurable, achievable and time-bound. After adapting to the new management methods, Taylor found that his workers were able to cut 15 meters of steel per minute. This is five and a half times more efficient than the industry standard of only 2.7 meters of steel per minute. Because the complex systems during Taylor's era could be dismantled, predicted, and planned, it naturally occurred to him that there were only two types of people he needed in his factory, people who dismantle tasks and plan jobs, and those who do those jobs. So, with these two levels the first concept of industrial management appeared. Later, as the scale of production increased, more and more management levels were created. Below the factory were workshops, below the workshops were production lines, and below the production lines were many teams. The totality of this system is the output of a top-down management. So, a massive increase in efficiency and a structured workplace, top-down management seems amazing doesn't it? However, McChrystal points out that a hierarchical system, while efficient, cannot cope with rapidly changing circumstances. 
During his time in Iraq, the U.S. military would get some verified intelligence on enemy positions. McChrystal would want to respond immediately. However, due to the hierarchically structured relationship between the U.S. military and its government, beginning an operation has to go through layers of vetting all the way up to the president themselves for the final go-ahead. The result of this, as you can imagine, is that the targeted members of al-Qaeda would have already changed position due to the delay. This exemplifies how a top-down approach to management is not capable of dealing with rapid change and response. Today we are just sharing limited content. To unlock more key insights of world-class bestseller please download our app. Just search for B-O-O-K-E-Y at Apple Store or Google Play, get your free mind snack now.